You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 45. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak, and the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. What is up, guys? Sorry we could not do this last week, but we are back. I'm just impressed that you now have aficionado down. Yes. No stuttering, nothing. Yeah. Yes. Well done. Well done. <laughs> the first episode was not so good with that. I butchered that, but you know, that's what we do here. We grow as a as a team. So, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there. The topic of the show this week is the Xbox Games Showcase, guys. We're going to talk about our thoughts on that big show. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week. So, let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on the PXN News of the Week, guys, Ghost of Tsushima, you might have heard of this little game here uh, by Sucker Punch, is PS4's fastest-selling first-party original IP debut, that's a mouthful, with more than 2.4 million copies sold in just three days. That is really, that's a great, great, great sign for uh, Sucker Punch and, and for new new IPs in general for PlayStation. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check this out yet. I don't think you have, Sean, because you said you were going to buy it, but I have not either. I'm planning on buying this this week and starting uh, on it this week. Uh, Roro, have you have you checked it out yet? I have not checked it out yet. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I want to pick it up soon. I've heard great things, and I feel like, PlayStation first-party games or their exclusives, they keep doing this. Like, there's always a story about it. Oh, this is the fastest-selling game from PlayStation yet, and it just keeps happening every time uh, there's a new IP. So it's good to see that uh, this one was another success. Yeah. Not to mention the niche, I I don't know, I find it like almost a niche genre uh, as far as Samurai. Uh, I mean... Neo 2 didn't make that much of a splash. I know Sekiro did last March, but just kind of still see it in a sense that genre going strong, even though I know it's a new take on it, not Soulsy. Um, but still, to see the success that it's uh, seeing commercially and critically at this point, I mean, all the reviews that I read just make me want to. Now, granted, I, I would have loved another infamous game from them, yes. but I do respect them like trying something else out. And apparently now they're actually are partnering with the island of Tsushima uh, for tourism because of That's just cool. everything they've done with that essentially locale. Yeah, that is that is. Yeah, that is very cool. I think that's uh, one of the cool aspects of this game is uh, that they actually cared about, you know, the mythology behind their setting and uh, trying to make it as realistic as you know as, as they can make it with still being a fun game but so that's very very good news uh staying on the sony train though cuphead got a surprise announcement and uh basically dropped on playstation 4 yesterday so now yeah uh, if you have not played this on uh, PC or Xbox uh, before now, then and you have a PlayStation Four, yes, yeah, thank or you. a Switch. Thank I apologize. You. You're right, Roro. You're <laughs> right. Uh, definitely pick this up on PlayStation Four. It is a fantastic game, and I think all of us would agree with that. Yeah, I'm not buying it though a third time on a different console. <laughs> I will say that much. Yeah. I, I think it's great that it's finally everywhere, literally. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm 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 good with my Switch version. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I don't own it on the Switch, but I I can definitely attest via Sean's feedback that it is great on this the Switch, and I'm sure you. Oh would yeah, say yeah. The seamless. Same. I mean that obviously the 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 power of that is just from the gameplay itself, not really graphically. Yeah. But it just looks. I don't know, drop dead gorgeous uh, as far as the animation goes since it's all handmade yeah. um, and just insanity. And I know 
I don't even remember, Daniel, if you have this in the show notes, but they did kind of give a little update about the DLC yes, uh, for Cuphead. Yeah. Uh, did you have that in there? I did not have that in there. Yeah. So it's still supposed to be coming later this year. Um, and actually, with the ghost announcement yesterday of Cuphead, um, they did some sort of tweaking, I think, too, with some frame rate stuff um, mm. when it came to Xbox One X for the for Cuphead itself. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yes, another great game uh, coming to more platforms is a good idea. Uh, moving on, Grounded, uh, which is the newest Obsidian game uh, made by like less than 10 people at Obsidian. This is like their small project. Uh, it was the number one selling game in the world on Steam and number two watched game on Twitch on launch day, which was two days ago. Uh, that to me is just insane because this is such, this is like a small experience made by less than 10 people at Obsidian. And the fact that it's getting this kind of attention is kind of crazy. And I, I actually, right before the show started, I got on Twitch just to, cause I was curious to see if, uh, that had dropped off at all. And there was still like 60,000 people watching it on Twitch now, which is that's kind of mind blowing because like Sean and I talked about uh, a little bit uh, earlier uh, that that game really didn't really resonate too much with me. Uh, I'm not a big like survival type of person uh, that likes the survival experiences. And that's kind of what that is. And he watched me play it that one day uh, and he was like, oh, this this is uh, this isn't that great. Not up my alley. So it's kind of interesting that there's that many people that are uh excited to watch it i guess um i don't know i just thought that was interesting yeah right, right now it's it's at a 39k right now oh, so wow. it's still still getting some attention it dropped off 20k <laughs> since i watched it it's a failure yeah delete the game right now yeah <laughs> jesus I think I was the one that was the problem. I got off there and all my followers just joined me and got off of there. Oh, dang, dang, dang. <laughs> I have 20,000 followers. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, speaking of Obsidian, their, uh, their game, their little game called Outer Worlds, uh, the publisher of that game, actually, Private Division, uh, has announced that they are publishing new games from Ori, Ali Ali and Armello creators. So obviously Ori creators uh, is Moon Studios. Uh, I'm not as familiar with Ali Ali or Ar Armello as much. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are, but uh, those three developers are now making uh, new games for Private Division. And I think this is kind of interesting because I think that Private Division has quietly done very well uh, recently in, in the games that they're able to uh publish essentially so they had that the disintegration game which didn't do great but it did all right it did average reviews from the former uh creator of master chief from halo uh his studio made that game and uh that that actually came for a private division uh that was published by them and then now they're getting ori developer moon studios which that's that alone sounds awesome. And I think I read that they're looking to do like an action uh, adventure or action RPG, something like that, which that's very different than what Ori is. So I'm curious. But Ori kind of also morphed into that with the second one a little bit. Maybe not so much RPG mechanics, but as far as customization wise, your Ori could have been different than my Ori as far as how you utilized her. Yeah, fair. Uh, Yeah. Roro, I don't know. Do you have any kind of thoughts on this or what you think about this? Uh, not too many. Um, oh. I, I'm not too familiar with uh, these uh, creators, unfortunately. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, as I think these are good people to work with. So I'm excited to see what they brew up for sure. Cool. Uh Moving on, Phil Spencer has confirmed that there's more Xbox news coming in August. Uh, so I kind of threw my thoughts on here, and, and you guys can chime in as well. Uh, but I was kind of thinking this means that we're probably going to get price, pre-orders, release date, and Xbox Series S announcement at this event. That's just me you know, spitballing and, and speculation, but... 
it seems like this event's going to be more hardware focused and, and what we're going to see from from each box. Um, I'm not sure what we'll see on on the front of games since we just had the Xbox game showcase. Uh, possibly a Halo multiplayer, Halo Infinite multiplayer demonstration since we haven't seen anything in regards to that thus far. But uh, what do you what do you guys think we're going to see from? Well, that? I would say as far as I think you're fine to not even at all worry about Halo multiplayer, given how well Guardians did. Uh, that was the fifth one, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And like everyone praised the multiplayer, but just shit on the single player. So I think that's what they obviously were going to concentrate on this time around. Mm. Um, but I do see price point coming because all of our assumption is late October, early November for console launch. And if you think about August, more than likely like late August, um, that's about pre-order time, about two months before they actually go out. So that would make sense with what you're kind of saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm super excited to. This is something that I've been, we've all been waiting for to see what that number is going to be and how expensive or how affordable, I guess, the S might be or the digital versions of both consoles might end up being. But I think we're, like Sean was saying, we're getting we're getting closer and closer to the to the to launch of these things. So I think it's about time that we start seeing, like you're saying, the pricing, the release date, and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully, it's it, everything has been thrown for a loop with all this COVID stuff. But I think I think it's about time now. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, and it's going to be interesting again to see when Sony announces theirs. I know there were some rumors today that I saw that August sixth, maybe is a PlayStation event. I don't know how yeah. legitimate that is, but... I, I don't know either. I, I think I saw this on Twitter too, how, like a, a state of play got leaked and yep. they were showing trailers and yeah, I, I don't know how to how much to read into it, but yeah. Yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see who goes first and how that shakes out for sure. Um, moving on, this news actually just came today, uh, at the Marvel Avengers, um, round table. Is that what, that what they call it? War table. War, War table. Yeah. 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 Uh, round table. Yeah. They all gather around a round table and discuss the game. Uh, <laughs> there's a, uh, Marvel Avengers beta that's happening throughout August. They announced, uh, where you'll be able to play as Iron Man, Hulk, Black Widow, and Miss Marvel. Uh, and I know they did say that uh, you would kind of be able to play that Apple or prologue mission that they showed off at E3 last year, I believe. Uh, the the San Francisco battle or whatever on the bridge. Uh, I know they said you'd be able to play that part. So I think there's a little bit of like Captain America and stuff in there. But for the most part, you'll be playing as those four characters in this beta. Uh, but it sounds like this beta is pretty beefy by the sound of how they were describing it. Uh, how how excited are you to play this, Roro? Uh, very excited. Like the the first war table that they showed us, I was like, yeah, this this looks pretty cool. Like I was I I got more sold on it from that, and this further confirmed that I'm I'm really excited to play this game. It, like you were saying, it's a lot of content that they're that they're giving us, which excites me for what is in the full game, if that's what they're willing to show us. Um, then again, I, I feel like a lot of people might not be in the same boat as me, like super pumped. So they're trying to give us as much as possible to dive into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it looked really fun what they showed today. So I'm excited. Sweet. Sean, I know yeah. you were uh, even more excited after the last war table. What What did this do for you? Uh, I was gonna say I'm obviously a recent converter. I guess you could say in the last like month or so um, to this project. I am very curious as far as how it'll play because I was obviously a little bit I don't want to say turned off, but just I guess a little pessimistic about the share world experience, such as like a Destiny or something like that, in this type of game as far as like this gameplay where it's like almost. I don't know, I guess you could almost say it like Gauntlet-like yeah. uh, for back in the day. Um, so it just makes me wary. But at the same time, everything that they're saying and showing off right now looks right. Um, it doesn't, at the moment, look money-hungry. Uh, just looks like the normal shared world shooter stuff. So, I mean, Destiny's the easiest comparison to me, where I don't think Bungie or Destiny in general is like 
grossly overt when it's trying to get your cash. It's just, do you want this or not? I mean, that that's your option. Well, and that's what it's kind of looking like. They were at one point with... Uh... Well, that's Activision, though. I'm not blaming Activision for that one. Or, not sorry, I'm not blaming Bungie for that one. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, again, Modok is actually one of my favorite Marvel villains. Yeah. Um, And we, there's been rumors forever that he was going to be in the MCU. I think that would be probably dumb because of his look, but a video game makes perfect sense for him. Um, So, yeah, I'm still on board with this game. I don't like Hawkeye though. I, I Hawkeye is so <laughs> lame in today's world. Uh, Hawkeye from like the '60s through like '90s, Hawkeye's badass. Hawkeye today sucks. So <laughs> not excited that he's a character. Uh, I mean, I'd actually, especially with we're doing melee, like I want to see Black Panther. I guess to a certain extent, the Defenders, like Luke Cage, uh, Daredevil, uh, those type of characters, because I just feel like it's supposed to be a hand-to-hand combat type thing, but I know they're also giving you different stuff like with Thor and Iron Man, but I just think those two would melt so well together in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. what gets me really excited for the post-launch stuff. Like you're saying, Black Panther, just all these potential heroes that might be in the game. And like you were saying, they don't seem to be very money hungry yet because I think these characters are going to be like free to acquire after the launch of the game. And I saw the skins, and that's definitely where they're going to get me. Yeah, same. Paying a lot same. of money. I was like, these skins look awesome. I'm going to be paying hand over fist for some of these skins. So I think they they have their way to monetize this. Yeah. With the skins, but uh, I, I think it's awesome that they're just giving us characters for free. I'll be, after I'll be so screwed if there's a Spider-Man because yeah. if that's the case, <laughs> the amount of costumes that he went through that I have so much nostalgia for, I'm going to be like, all right, there goes all yeah. my money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and there, and there was a lot of speculation about uh, whether this game actually takes place in the same like universe as the Spider-Man game, uh, PS4 game. So, because uh, there was that Daily Bugle uh, shot of the uh, reporter, he had the Daily Bugle um, microphone or whatever. Uh, so I know there's some speculation there. That would be kind of interesting if if that actually pans out. Have a Marvel connected uh, games universe. Well, be... we know from the first Spider-Man because there is in, a, in in one of the missions that when you kind of go by Avengers Tower that he makes mention that all all the Avengers are on the West Coast. This game does take place on the West Coast, so yeah, it's hmm. possible that that could happen. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, and kind of on the same note, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but yes, Hawkeye is coming to the game uh, as a free post-launch playable character. Uh, that they said they have custom story missions built for Hawkeye as well, which sounds like they're going to do that for each playable character that they release in the future, which is a super good idea. It's an easy way to get players to come back to your game, uh, having new characters with completely different abilities. Yes, we may not be a huge fan of Hawkeye, but uh, future iterations of of other characters could definitely be very interesting, uh, depending on who who they can get to bring in into the game and uh, and how long that will take as well. So definitely interesting. Uh, our last news story of the week, uh, Ubisoft had a Fantasy King Arthur game that was apparently canceled by one of the former executives at, at Ubisoft, uh, Serge, Sergey, Serge, I don't know how you say his name, uh, but... Apparently, Sergey or Serge, he was like uh, Yuski Mo's right hand man. That he would always, any game proposal or whatever, would have to go through Serge. And if it didn't go through him, the game would be essentially canceled or, or just stopped dead in his tracks. And apparently, this was one of those games that um, that Ubisoft had pitched to him, and he shot it down. I think it sounds actually super interesting, especially the setting. Uh, I think. The setting sounds very interesting, and in King Arthur's, uh, you know, backstory and all of the rich uh, novel uh, information that we have from King Arthur, I think that would have been a very interesting uh, experiment from Ubisoft. I think, uh, almost in the vein of like For Honor, uh, not not that type of game, but in the same in the same sense, something experimental that Ubisoft can do because. I don't think they've really done anything like this before. Um, I don't know. What do, what do you think, Roro? 
Uh, yeah, it always sucks when a, a game gets canceled. Um, I, I, yeah, like you were saying, something experimental from them would be cool because I feel like they are playing it safe in a way. Like, okay, what's the next Ubisoft game? Another Watch Dogs game, which it looks awesome. I, yeah. I'm excited for it. And another Assassin's Creed game, of course, excited for that as well. But yep. I would like to see some other stuff from them soon too. I know they have their UB arts and original stuff as well on the smaller scale, but seeing something a new IP from them would be would be cool. So it's it sucks that this is uh got canned. Yeah, I agree completely. And give us a freaking splinter cell, Ubisoft. <laughs> it's been seven years. Seven years anyways uh moving on to the games we're playing uh i'll let you guys kind of focus on this because i've been terrible since i was on vacation and since i got back i've been kind of getting caught up on other things house chores and such so i really just have been playing halo master chief collection a little bit but uh other than that nothing but as i said i'm gonna be starting ghost of tsushima i think this week so yeah roro if you want to go Sure. Uh, so I've been playing a game. I've been playing two games. My first game that I've been playing is called Necrobarista, which is a visual novel that came out last week. And it's just like a nice, chill game that I've been enjoying. The story is really good. Hits you in the feels a couple of times. But it's basically about a necromancer who uh, owns a cafe that dead people walk through basically is <laughs> yeah so someone someone dies they come to this cafe and there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff that happens but basically it's just a nice little story that i'm enjoying it has a lot of great art so i'm really enjoying that it has a really cool style so if you're into anybody listening if you're into visual novels definitely check this one out the other game that i'm playing i actually re-downloaded uh mario tennis aces for the nintendo switch I was like, it's been a while since I've played this, and I just want to play some online matches, and I, I'm, I'm hooked again. So I've just been playing a lot of Mario Tennis Aces online uh, matches and having a, having a blast. That's, I, and yeah. I think I saw on Twitter you said you won your first championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, won, I won a tournament uh, when I, like, the first time I booted it up, I, I made it to the end, and I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm hooked again. <laughs> They added so many characters yeah. throughout that lifespan. Like I, I think it was like almost eighteen months worth of characters. They released, they released one a month, and it's just an exorbitant uh, roster at this point, much like Smash. Yeah, and that's what I was so surprised when I came back. So I was like, "Who are all these people?" Because I hadn't been keeping up with it. And then I was like, "I mean, this is great now. There's like there's yeah. new courts and a bunch of characters, and yeah, it was it was awesome. I'm in, I'm enjoying my time with it right now." Thanks. Um, so I, while I was gone, um, I did finish Doom Eternal. Um, I am agreeing with Daniel, uh, from when he did our kind of midway game of the year stuff, that that is definitely a contender for me. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, story obviously is, it's, it's a Doom story, so kind of just take it with a grain of salt, but I still say as far as the wackiness of it and the brutality, I think it works so well with this franchise that it doesn't matter. You're not playing this game because you want to hear about the UAC or the ARC, all that stuff. You're playing it so you could rip demons apart. Um, So just amazing. Uh, Got very difficult at the end as Daniel and I, we were talking about that. Like the the last, he had a problem with the last boss, but I had a problem with the second last boss. And I was just like, damn, this got hard quick. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, um, and then my second game is actually a game that came out on Friday called Carry On, um, and basically what that is, it's uh, it's been in development for a while. I remember hearing about it last year, but it's a Metroidvania where you actually play as the monster. Um, it's uh, like eight sixteen bit, so kind of right up my alley, especially being that Metroidvania. Um, but it's a really cool take to where like you're this monster that escaped from the lab and you're basically trying to find your way out of it. And in the meantime, you're just wrecking the people, the humans that captured you and you just throw them around like rag dolls and all this stuff and consume them to expand yourself and all that stuff. Um, but I am really enjoying it. Uh, the one thing I will echo when it comes to like everyone's review with this is this is the dumbest Metroidvania to not have a map. 
Um, I actually, before this podcast, I got lost for my second time and there's no map. So I have no idea what my objective is or anything <laughs> like that. So I literally just kept going in and out of pipes and all this stuff to finally figure out where I was supposed to go. Um, and I think I finally got there, but I was just like, damn, this game needs a map and it would be perfect. Yeah. That's that would literally irritate the crap out of me. Not knowing where to go. That drives me insane in games. Ugh. Uh, moving on to the topic of the show, guys, Xbox games showcase was uh, a little bit under a week ago, uh, I guess a little over a week ago. Uh, no, under a week ago. I'm, I'm confusing my days a little under a week ago. Yeah. Uh, and they showed a little game called halo infinite. And I think we will start there. Uh, Halo Infinite, before I, we go into that, Halo Infinite's box art was actually announced before the show. I think it was a day or two before the show. And uh, the box art, definitely reminiscent of Halo Combat Evolved, the first Halo game. It's so good. I love it. Uh, they did like a little like video uh, thingy, like video, I forget what you call that, where it's video of like 10 seconds and it shows like background moving and, and all that around Chief, but uh, it just looks so good. Uh, and the funny part is they announced the box art for this last year after the Discover Hope trailer, which was the trailer at E3 last year, and they showed the box art. And then now this year, they announced the box art again as if they didn't announce the box art last year because they announced it. I'm like, what? You guys announced the box art a year ago. And then I looked and I was like, all right, this is completely different art, which I actually liked the first uh, art as well. But the new box art looks incredible and definitely very reminiscent of Halo CE. Uh, which I think they're going for. Uh, th- we're kind of going to talk about that here in a little bit, but that's kind of the theme I think they're going for for Halo Infinite is something harping back to Halo Combat Evolved uh, in every aspect. So uh, I'm sure you guys don't really care to talk about box art. So we'll move on to actually talking Correct. about the, the game. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, Halo Infinite. Very, very interesting. So we'll, I'm just going to talk about first what I really loved. and then Do we'll you want to talk-, talk about the conference as a whole first, Daniel? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Uh, just before we dive into the actual games themselves, since there were so many announced. Yeah, sure. We can talk about it overall. Overall, I thought it was a solid conference. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know that it was like... Uh, the best conference they've ever had. I I don't know that I would go that far, but I think it was a very solid conference and had a lot of the things that I really wanted. And obviously, like me, me, Sean, and I'm I'm sure Roro, you would agree. uh, We talked about this, that Game Pass, I feel like was the focus of the show, which makes sense because that's, you know, Microsoft's vision for the future is they want people connected with Game Pass. They don't necessarily care what platform you're playing on, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, whatever. They just want you to use Game Pass and and also xCloud because that uses Game Pass as well. So I think it's definitely going to be very interesting to see how the two approaches, Microsoft having the more Game Pass-focused approach and PlayStation having the more traditional, uh, you know, generations of consoles approach and, you know, hard cuts on generations and all that, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they differ and how, how each of them succeed. What what did you guys think uh, of the conference overall? Uh, start with you, Sean. Um, so I, I don't think this was a hit it out of the park, um, type of conference, but I also kind of wasn't expecting that because I, I know Sony got so much praise for theirs. Um, I guess rightfully so, but at the same time going into PS5, Xbox series X, Sony is on their heel as opposed to on their foot or on their toes. Yeah. So it's like, I, I understood why everyone was like, Oh, okay. Yes, this is. What Sony wasn't doing, they're doing great with this. Xbox has been doing this for like the last year. So it was just, I guess, in a sense, more of the same, but I still appreciated the same, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought uh, coming out of the gate uh, with the announcements that they did, um, and also I think it was at the end of the conference when they said, 
every single game that you just saw was Game Pass. Yep. Um, uh, yet again, like you said, this was a Game Pass conference, more less of an Xbox Series X. Um, but still, if you are pre-ordering day one your Xbox Series X and you don't have Game Pass with that, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's just a no-brainer to grab that the second you grab your pre-order for it if you don't already have it. Like myself, I don't have Game Pass, but my plan is to get an Xbox Series X at launch, so I'll have Game Pass with that. Um, just because I'll, I'll have so many games at my fingertips to make it like we've talked about being the biggest console launch with a uh, library to begin with. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, I thought they did a great job. Um, I know we'll probably talk about some hate on a certain game later that I don't think is rightfully so. And that's weird for me to say, Daniel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought they did a good job. Ro Ro. Yeah. Uh, I am, I'm pretty much in the same boat as Sean. Um, I thought it was a good conference. Um, I wasn't blown away. Um, as somebody, I guess you guys call it, I'm the Nintendo aficionado, and then second would probably be PlayStation for me, and then and then Xbox. So Xbox games don't usually speak to me, and we'll get into the games uh, next, and I'll talk to you guys about about the ones that did. But Xbox, it's kind of hard to blow me away when they do have a conference. But I will agree that Game Pass is just undeniably, like Sean was saying, a no brainer. It's insane that all these games are going to be for that cheap price. It's yeah, it's it's crazy and I'm it's really cool that uh Destiny is coming to it. It's like yeah. Halo obviously, like there's so many awesome games on this in this conference that may not speak to me, but it's insane that they're all coming to this platform. So, yeah, I'm 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 got to give them props for for that. Mm-hmm. Um the conference in a whole again doesn't speak to my tastes. Um, but I thought it was a good conference. Seven out of 10 if I had to rate it. Yeah. Uh, and I think they kind of did something important with this conference too. They kind of uh, started the path of creating more single player games as well, which we'll talk about a, a couple of those here in a little bit. And I do think that's one of the, the, the points that Microsoft needs to get better on is those big profile AAA uh, single player experiences because they don't have a lot of those. Sony has quite a bit of those, uh, which is kind of the big contrast. If you're a big single player, you know, campaign focused guy, then obviously Sony's going to cater to you more because they have more uh, franchises that are doing that. Um, so that's definitely th- something I think Microsoft's doing better on, uh, as we'll talk about here in a, in a little bit. Um, but starting with Halo Infinite, guys. Uh, Halo Infinite, my goodness, the freaking music is amazing. Like, uh, I I literally couldn't even describe when uh, Iskarum, I can't say his name, Iskarum is like the bad guy. Uh, he was at the end of the trailer, uh, of the gameplay trailer. Uh, he's the brute that's, you know, the main the big focus. Guy. That's what we, that's what Roro and I would call him. Yeah, the big guy, the brute. Uh, and when he was talking, that music in there, it just gave me so many freaking Halo 3 vibes in there. And like the way the, the sound, you hear like new styles of music, but then you hear the Halo 3 style coming in and mixing it. And, oh, it's so good. And I know the music in Halo is always good, but it just feels even better in infinite. Um, and I, I, ugh, I can't wait to hear more music. Uh, as far as gameplay, I am very, very interested in the gameplay. Uh, I know the halo community is a weird community because it's split down the middle between new play style and old play style, new play style being like armor abilities and sprint and all these other abilities and the old play style being no sprint and uh, equipment pickups and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like 343 did the best they could to merge the two. And they have sprint, yes, but the sprint they showed off looked very slow compared to Halo 5, which is a good thing. Uh, it just feels like they're going to try to counter counterbalance the complaints about sprint from Halo 5. Um, and also... They're bringing in equipment pickups again, like Halo 3 had. So, like, they showed off the drop shield, or 
Is that what it's called? No, I don't think it was called You're drop shield. The, the wall. It was the wall shield thing where they put up the wall and it stops bullets from coming in. It's essentially the bubble shield from Halo 3, except instead of a bubble, it's a wall. Uh, so they're bringing back equipment pickups, which is very interesting uh, to kind of harp back to Halo 3 yet again. And the freaking grapple hook. Oh my god, I cannot wait for the gameplay possibilities of the grapple hook. Uh, they showed off grabbing a fusion coil and throwing the fusion coil with it. Uh, some some fans were like, I want him to try to use it on the, a grunt and see if you can throw a grunt. Because in the trailer, they actually, uh, Brute picks up a grunt and throws the grunt in the air. And he's like flying in the air. It's just so perfect. I loved it. <laughs> Um, so everything in that regard, I cannot, cannot wait for, uh, the open world. Obviously they confirmed a large open world on the ring, uh, which the ring actually doesn't happen until three hours. I believe they said into the campaign, you get dropped on the halo ring and then you have that open world to explore on the halo ring, which is super, super cool. Uh, they said it was like three to four times larger than halo four and halo five combined, which is insane. Uh, and it just seems like the scope is so much bigger with infinite. And uh, yes, there are people out there that want to pull up the Craig images, which Craig is what P the halo fans have been calling the brute that they grabbed the screen capture of his face and was like, Oh my God, look at his face. It's so bad. And all this, let me just get one thing straight here. Halo has never been known for its graphics. It was never known for its graphics until Halo 4 when 343 took over and made it like super detailed. But the thing is, Halo 4 and Halo 5 have an extremely high amount of detail and uh, over-realism. And it, it was to the point to where Halo fans were like, we don't want this. This isn't what Halo is. This is way too hyper-realistic. This isn't... The art style doesn't match what Halo was with Bungie. And so that's what they did with Infinite. They made simple lines, simple simple uh, edges. Everything is simplified. All the the armor is simplified. If you look at the elites, they are very clean armor uh, now compared to a Halo 5 and Halo 4 where it was super complex. That is the, the design decision of them deciding to go back to the classic art style. And I don't think that the people criticizing Halo Infinite understand that that's what Halo fans wanted. We wanted a return to the classic art style to have the simplistic design. And people, I understand criticizing it and saying, man, hey, this doesn't look great. It doesn't look next gen. It's like... I get that, but that's what we wanted, you know? I you know, I don't know. It just affords you more opportunities for gameplay and open world and everything else. Uh, and not to mention, we haven't seen the entire game. We saw a very small amount of game. We saw eight minutes, and maybe four minutes of that was gameplay. So I think people just need to chill out a little bit. Let's see what happens. And <laughs> don't, don't just rain on people's parades because... the. I don't think that they know the whole story. I don't know. So what what do you guys what did you guys think of Halo Infinite? Oh, I didn't know we were able to talk about Halo Infinite. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just, that know, was a long tirade. Yeah. Ten minutes. Sorry. <laughs> I I thought it was I thought it was cool. I, I like you were talking about with the grappling hook, I, I'm excited to see what else we can do with it. Um, I liked how we use it to get up onto a different level of the of the map. Uh, like you were saying, he used it to grab the, the fusion coil, I think it was called. Yep. Um, and toss at an enemy. Like, all that seems super fun uh, to me. Uh, you were talking about how the Halo community is divided between, like, what kind of game style they want. And it, it, it still blows my mind that people don't want Sprint yeah. in this game. Yep. Because <laughs> when I was playing Halo 1, I was like, this is really slow. Yeah. Is, I, I really want to... I want to run. I want to press. I, I was looking for a sprint button on that, but I understand that these everyone's been playing this for a lot longer than I have. But um, yeah, it's interesting to to hear the different 
types of gameplay and how much they three four three is trying to please everybody, and it's it's impossible to do that. But yep. I'm excited to see uh, the gameplay looks great to me, so I'm excited to to try it out. I still have a couple of Halos to get through before I'm up to up to date, yeah. but uh, it it looks like a, a fun time for sure. I don't think it looks bad either graphically. I think it looks like a a fine game, like something that. Like you were saying, maybe not next gen, but it looks it looks good. I think. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, if they want to get nitpicky, yeah, it doesn't look next gen, but it was also designed technically not initially for the Xbox Series X, um, and it's still going to be coming to an Xbox One. Um, I would actually kind of disagree with you, Daniel, as far as graphically. I don't know. I just remember the first time booting up Halo One. Um, because that was what I got with my original Xbox back on launch. And I was just like in awe of that game. Um, and I get it probably today. If you go back and look at that at this point, it's that generation that doesn't hold up that well, but still, I just thought it looked gorgeous at the time and the things that you were able to do, especially given the leap that we made from GoldenEye essentially to that in FPSs. Um, I'm not as high up on the grapple hook that everyone else is, I guess. Um, mostly because I is that a pun? Not as high <laughs> up that you grappled. <laughs> Jesus, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think a lot of times in FPSs, um, it's not done great. Um, I actually don't think the grappling hook via the shotgun in Doom was that great. Um, I, I think probably the best one that I can remember maybe using was in Dishonored One. And even that wasn't that great, I, I think. So it can be kind of a catch-22, but I understand when it comes to open-world games now, Breath of the Wild has changed what traversal looks like in an open world to where you should be able to go anywhere and go on anything. And I think Halo Infinite, probably over the course of development, has adapted to that model because, I mean, that's what everybody has to now. When Horizon... Uh, the next one comes out like that's what that's good. You're going to be probably going everywhere. They probably learned their lesson since they launched three days after Zelda. Yeah. With that. But I don't know. It, it definitely, again, this isn't going to be something I'll buy because I'll have game pass hopefully. Right. Um, but it definitely piqued my interest. And this is actually the part where I was going to tell you, Daniel, that I now have plans to have dinner. I beat carry on to uh, borrow my brother-in-law's hit copy of Halo five. And at least, give the campaign a shot i uh, know i'm not gonna uh, i'm now probably just gonna <laughs> groan the whole time but i at least want to see what the story looked like yeah halo 5 cinematics are freaking unbelievably beautiful like talk about graphics absolutely stunning cinematics but the story is a mess um so moving on uh i think i'm gonna go over a couple of story or a few stories here kind of like a quick barrage of stories because we're uh running long already that's my fault uh for talking about halo for 10 minutes uh and then you, you get guys... today and then you get launch day that is it yeah <laughs> and then you guys can talk about whatever you want of these stories i'm gonna kind of hit us with a few of them here uh so destiny as we kind of t- already teased uh roro destiny 2 is having all of their expansions, including the upcoming Beyond Light, coming to Game Pass, which that's insane. Uh, Exo Mecha is coming to Xbox in 2021. It's a free-to-play game. Looks like kind of a mismatch of Crisis and Titanfall. Uh, kind of. Why Titan can't they just stuff. bring back Mecha Salt, man? That was yeah. such a fun game. <laughs> True. And we got a new Watch Dogs Legion trailer, which I'm still excited to play that game. Uh, I think it looks better than Watch Dogs 2 even. So uh, if you guys want to talk about whatever you want of those three or any of the three, whatever, uh, just trying to go through a barrage of them. Uh, Destiny 2, uh, obviously pretty exciting for me coming to Games Pass. I play it on PC right now, but it's cool that I already have Game Pass, so I won't have to drop the $40 on the next expansion. I could just download Destiny 2 on Game Pass and boot up Beyond Light, which is is pretty cool. I don't know how the math breaks down after a while if I'm if I'm saving right. or not. But um, it's cool that everything is just going to be coming to Xbox Game Pass for that game. That's that is insane. That's really cool. But um Besides that, Watch Dogs Legion coming to Game Pass is also really cool to me as well. 
another Ubisoft game that we were talking about earlier, but is yeah, watch I mean, is Watch Dogs Legion coming to Game Pass? I know they said that at the end of the show, Sean, but I don't I don't know yeah. that that is coming. Maybe so they my yeah. thought my thought is that even though they said like all these will come on launch day, yeah, I have a feeling that that Maybe that not. specifically and even I think wasn't Assassin's Creed even briefly teased too um, during like the montage? Like I, I feel like those two you can assume are not going to. Yeah, I feel like a couple asterisks. Yeah, I feel like some of these games. Yeah. I've, it's been a while obviously it's been a week since i saw that but i feel like they said something like uh the console exclusives or something are all on game pass i don't know something okay. like that okay, that that does make sense yeah but um yeah destiny 2 i'm, I'm super excited to have on game pass yeah. um but yeah cool sweet sean uh do you want to talk about any of those three or any of those three apply to you um not particularly okay. um my xbox obviously is hit or miss um it's more obviously for their exclusives so yeah. third party is not too interesting for me for sure all right i'll run through some more here uh there was a bunch of idea to xbox games that they showed off in like a sizzle reel uh trailer which this might have been in the pre-show i don't remember if this was in the show but uh, the highlight for me was uh, the game called Shredders, uh, which looks like very much like SSX. Uh, I thought that looked very cool, uh, and we definitely need a new SSX game. Uh, and also Tunic, which we've already seen announced before. It's the Zelda, um, the Zelda-like game with the fox. Uh, it looks super, super cool. Um, so I'm excited to see more from that. Uh, Balan Wonderworld was announced in the pre-show. Jeff Keighley was freaking out about this, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why. Uh, it's one of the co one of the creators of Sonic is apparently helping create this game. Uh, so that's interesting. The art style looks interesting, but uh, other than that, uh, but uh, State of Decay Three got a CGI trailer, which. Uh, that game's just an early pre-production, so it's still extremely early, probably at least two years away, uh, which it's kind of curious why they would show that, I guess, because they want to show upcoming games, but I guess more power to them. Uh, I enjoyed State of Decay 2, um, but uh, it definitely needs more polish, and it needs a bigger budget, I think. It just needs to, more gravitas, I guess. Uh, any of those three interest you guys? Uh, I mean, State of Decay was always something I wanted to try, but like you just said, the graphical infidelities and the technical glitches always turned me off. And I know that was, in a sense, with the community, part of the charm of it. Um, I just, I don't know, that's something that obviously pisses me off about Bethesda games, too. Like, yeah, that's fair. And even uh, Telltale games. Like, we're all forgiving of those glitches, but, like, other games like just get crucified for that stuff it just doesn't make any sense the kind of weird double standard um but that actually interests me in the simple fact of uh it looks like there's going to be like different weather elements and all that stuff and that might be something especially with me by this by the time that launches being an adapter of game pass and just experiencing a whole new foray of what microsoft is doing in this first party realm i think um that's something something that i'm gonna be checking out when it comes out cool bro anything um no not not really out of this batch uh balan wonderland looks maybe something that might be up my alley i'm not too sure yet i'm, I'm, I'm looking at a trailer now yeah um but I'm not too sure out of yeah. this out of this batch. Tunic definitely looks like a gorgeous game, and I, and I love uh, that style of Zelda. Yeah. So maybe that might be something I'll, I'll take a look at. Yeah. But besides that, not really. Not really. Very much so. Uh, moving on to Forza Motorsport, got a next uh, next gen in engine trailer. Uh, so this is coming to Series X and PC. And my goodness, I didn't think that Forza could look any better than what it already did. And this looks insane. <laughs> it looks like my eyes are going to bleed watching it. Uh, and, oh, Turn 10 does such a great job with their simulation games that I'm, I'm interested to see it just for the graphical fidelity. I, I've never been a track-based 
uh, racing fan, but I, I'm still excited just to see what it looks like. Um, are you guys surprised at all that we're not getting it uh, on launch day? Uh, yes, I'm surprised by both consoles. Um, both do not have a, an exclusive racing game. Um, and I couldn't tell you the last time this has happened where both didn't have this. Because yeah. um, like normally you think of racing games as this is what's showing off my console. I mean, I'm sorry, Sony, but Knack didn't fucking show off the console. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> or Knack 2. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just interesting. And uh, I think uh, we mentioned this, God, maybe a few months ago, back in June, that it was really odd that they were, like, kind of heavily advertising Dirt 5 yes. at their showcase. And I think now we got our answer on why that is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Roro, are you into the racing games? I haven't been for a while. I think the last racing game I played was like Need for Speed Underground on the Game Boy Advance. I think. Well, that was a good game. Though. It was, it a, was good a good game. game. Yeah. I really like that game. But but since then, I, I I haven't. Besides Mario Kart, if you could even call that a racing game. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, Mario Kart Kart Racers is really the the closest I get to anything like that. That's fair. Uh, we got a new trailer from Everwild, uh, which is the next game from Rare. Uh, and apparently Rare is, uh, they were talking in an interview after this was revealed, or this was the new trailer was shown off. And uh, apparently Rare is still figuring out what the gameplay is going to be for this game. <laughs> so I know we talked about Roro already that uh, we weren't sure that Rare knew what they were doing. Well, they don't know what they're doing with it. Uh and I kind of, I kind of get the vibe from the trailer that it almost feels like the gameplay is going to be similar to like Death Stranding. That's kind of the vibe I got from the trailer. I mean, it may not be that, but it's just that kind of vibe I'm getting. Like, it's not going to be necessarily like gamey, but it's going to be like more, you know, walking simulator e, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Are you? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know that's just my thoughts on the trailer still gorgeous i mean let's not forget this isn't the rare of nintendo still this is the rare of viva pinata so different teams yeah. um but still a an affinity for i would i would even go over uh gameplay performance hmm. uh, i mean if you think of all rares games you never bitched about their performance yeah. Um, and there's not too many developers you can say about that. And then you kind of talk about, okay, well, like these are the memories I have associated. I mean, there's the N64 rare kids, there's the SNES rare kids, there's the Xbox 360 rare kids. I mean, this is, I think, going to usher in a new generation because we're going to forget about the Connect rare kids. The art style is freaking beautiful too. Like that, oh, it looks so good. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that Sony first party game that almost could be like in similar vein with that uh, little girl with the wand that was like shape-shifting like to an arrow and everything i think those uh, are kind of kind of be like the similar things comparison wise yeah i'm trying to i think it was called kenna that game i'm not sure yeah kenna, Bridge okay. Of Spirits. kenna. okay never I think heard. kenna Bridge of Spirits. i think that's was that at, at the showcase uh that was in sony's yeah sony's, yeah. yeah i think it was kenna Bridge of Spirits. i think that one called but yeah uh the rare game looks like you guys are saying it looks beautiful i just want to know a little bit more yeah they need to figure out what their gameplay is <laughs> uh moving on uh this one will probably get you excited roro uh tell me why's first chapter is coming august 27th on game pass yeah that does get me excited like i'm a, I'm a huge don't nod fan because of life is strange I fell in love with that game in my high school years, and it was—it's a very high school game. A lot of teenage, teenage um, angst in that game. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, ever since then, I've—I've I've been a fan of that series and that studio. So, I'm excited for whatever story this is going to be. I don't know too much besides the the trailer that they showed, but it—it it looks like something I would definitely be into. So, hmm. um, yeah, I'm excited that it's coming to Game Pass, and and it's soon. It's going to be yeah. at the end of this month. So, I'm I'm excited to. Or end of next month. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. 
Absolutely. And fun fact, uh, on the Microsoft side of things, Joe Staten, the former writer at Bungie who created the Halo story, uh, he is helping out with that game. So on the Microsoft side. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh, Next, I'm going to go through a few more here. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is getting 120 frames per second on Series X. So Game of the year fluidity yeah some very nice fluidity uh outer worlds is getting a peril on gorgon dlc uh which my god i can't get more of outer worlds i could just take 20 expansions if they could produce that many i love that game uh and we got a new grounded trailer as well which obviously that game's out now so uh that was a funny trailer when they're like uh Yes. Get ready for the biggest game. Cyberpunk. <laughs> you should wait for Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, that was a good trailer. That was hilarious. Uh, and then sticking on Obsidian Train, Avowed was announced by Obsidian's other team, the Pillars of Eternity team, and it's a first-person fantasy RPG. And my God, is Obsidian not the best acquisition Microsoft could have possibly made? Because I loved Outer Worlds because it was so much Fallout in it. It's not not even funny. They they build a game grounded with ten people and it's already doing well. Uh, and they're building this new fantasy uh, style RPG. I'm so down for this. And Daniel, I, just, I apologize. The correct answer was B Insomniac. But it was a close second. I just want more. I just want more <laughs> Obsidian. But yes, Insomniac was a great acquisition as well. But uh, Obsidian, ugh, they're doing wonders for me. Uh, anything out of those those guys that you guys want to talk about? Uh, no offense, but Obsidian wise, the only thing that ever interests me with them you're is, dead to me is uh, <laughs> South Park's Thick of Truth. So. Sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, do not like those type of RPGs. Oh, Jesus. I, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, nothing on this list uh, I yeah. can really speak to myself. No, it's fine. Uh, you guys are both dead to me. It's fine. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. We only talk glowingly of the console we least play, but that's fine. Yeah, that's true. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> There was a new game announced as Dusk Falls, which I thought this was super cool. Uh, it looks super original. It, it's using like stop motion almost, like uh, it almost looks like pictures that are moving. Uh, and it's by a new studio called Interior Night, which I, I think the aesthetic of this game looks very interesting. I don't know how it'll play. It may just be more of a story based game, but uh, it looks very pleasing aesthetically. Uh, yeah, row No, I was just gonna say, yeah, this is on my list as well. That uh, I love these narrative focus types of games again. Like you were saying, I have no idea how this is going to play. It does look like like a movie, yeah, or like a visual novel kind of. Um, but yeah, definitely on my list to, to hopefully see more about it soon. Sweet, uh, go through a few more here. Uh, Ninja Theory revealed Hellblade 2 is taking place in Iceland. That's literally the only information we got out of hellblade 2 which i didn't expect us to see anything because that game's still at least two years away uh psychonauts 2 uh, was announced coming 2021 now it was originally supposed to come out in 2020 uh and it got a new trailer i thought that looked very good uh and stalker 2 was announced coming to series x and in game pass at launch as well and I thought that looked very cool, uh, very reminiscent of like Metro and that kind of vibe. So uh, very interested to see how how that pans out. Uh, I know Hellblade 2, that wasn't a big piece of news, but uh, are you guys psyched for any of those? Or Psychonauts 2, Tim Schafer, Double Fine? Uh, I liked Psychonauts 1. I, I never got like the absolute love that I know a lot of people do. Um, Tim Schafer's very hit or miss for me. Hmm. Um, but I, I still think obviously this was to get double fine for them is in my opinion, their better studio acquisition than the obsidian. 
Um, I know you're going to consider that sacrilegious, and I apologize. No. <laughs> um, and I never played Hellblade the first one, but I would love to give it a try once I get an Xbox Series or even Game Pass, because I'll probably get Game Pass before then, because um, I'm assuming it's on that, just to see yep. if it's going to be something I'm going to be hyped up for. Because sure. obviously they made one of my favorite PS3, Xbox 360 games, Enslaved, Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Yes, such a good game. I love Ninja Theory, and I love D- DMC as well. I don't care about you DMC haters out there. I'm not a hater, but the original's better. Yeah, whatever. You never even played five, son. Uh, that's true. I did not. I probably should have, <laughs> but did not. Uh, a few more here. Tetris Effect Connected was announced. Uh, and also the Medium uh, got a really cool new trailer with showing off their uh, dual realities, which I thought was super interesting, how you're controlling one character in two different realities. I thought that was very, very cool uh, and gave me like Silent Hill vibes. Uh, and then Crossfire X campaign is coming in 2020 and it's being made by Remedy. We already knew that, but it's coming uh, in 2020. Uh, and honestly, Remedy hasn't made a bad game. So I'm excited to see how that turns out because I, I've liked everything they've made. The last three games they've made, I've really liked. So um, anything anything there that you guys want to want to chat about? Uh, the medium looked cool. I thought it looked really interesting. It's like a single player, a way out sort yes. of, and with horror, obviously. Literally horror. what I said to Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, yeah, it looks really cool. It, it definitely takes a lot, uh, to get me to play a horror game because I'm a, a scaredy cat, but, uh, this definitely looks really cool and I, I, I might give it a try. Um, and like you were saying with Remedy, I love Remedy, uh, games as well. Um, Quantum Break. I think is underrated. Absolutely. People give it too much hate, I, I think, because of the whole TV thing. But that's a story for another time. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, more Remedy stuff for sure. Agreed. Sean? Yeah, I, I just echo everything Roro just said. Um, <laughs> both both those stories. Uh, and Not so much Remedy's next uh, game, but as far as uh, just seeing them continued success, um, I just wish we got some sort of sequel to uh, Control because Control is, and I get it, it's a different team in Remedy, but yeah. I uh, Control deserves a sequel. It needs a sequel. I'll be ups- I'm going to be upset because I know it's never going to ever get a sequel. I don't know. I think it will. I think it will get a sequel. I think you'll be surprised. It might just take a couple years. Uh, the last thing before we go into the final story, Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, and Gears Tactics are all coming out for Series X and will be optimized for Series X on launch day. Uh, so that's exciting. Obviously, Gears Tactics is only on PC right now, so that's going to come to console uh, for Series X. So that's that's very good news. Uh, and all those games are beautiful in their own right, so... Very excited to have Series X versions of those. And the last story, guys, we've made it here. The, oh, and one more thing announcement. I was freaking so excited when I saw Playground Games pop up in the beginning. I was like, all right, Fable, here we go. This is it. And then they showed off the sword, and it looked, like, super realistic, and I really like the art style they're going for, and uh, it looks gorgeous. Obviously, it's a CG trailer, so it's going to look gorgeous, but uh, I just love the vibe that they're going for. And then even, like, throughout the trailer, I was like, wait, are they going to change Fable into, like, more of a gritty, like, hardcore RPG experience? And then at the end, the the little uh, fairy gets eaten by the frog, and I was like, all right, no, this is still Fable. This is still the zany humor and British humor, and love it. I love it so much, and I'm very, very excited to see what Playground games can do uh, outside of Forza Horizon, so... What did what did you guys think of the Fable reveal? Uh, another game that I can't speak too much about because I have not played the originals. I saw that it was on Steam for a pretty cheap price, uh, so I, I picked it up. So I still have to nice. go back and play it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is obviously awesome for Fable fans uh, that Playground is working on it. So 
I'm excited for them. I'm excited to try it as well to see if I like it. But yeah, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, I think the OG Fable, uh, Fable still holds up. I remember playing it maybe like six years ago or something like that, and it still still is fine. And that wasn't even the remastered version either. Um, it does have one of my favorite Easter eggs as a kid. Uh, Dan, you might remember this. There's a there's a, like a little side quest where you have to hit these rocks, and the rocks are the letters H I T S, and you're supposed to spell the word hits to open up something good. Well, I'm <laughs> of the just a cussy little whatever that came out like 11 so i spell shit and the guy even says shit and then next thing you know a werewolf comes out and at that point the werewolves were like badass comparison to what you were then just wrecked me and then like it's like yeah you shouldn't do that I'm like oh yeah my bad. but i i always just remember that charm of that game the first one and albion um you're like you're either the hero or the bad guy but like either way you get an ending that is satisfactory to how you want to play. Um, yeah. I will say, and Danger, you might agree with me, I think it's harder to be the good guy in that game than it is the bad guy. Yeah. Um, sure. I wasn't a big fan of, I think, the third one. Two was okay. Yeah. But I just nothing replaces uh, the first one in my mind. Um, so, yes, the humor, um, the narration, uh, even of everything, uh, just really kind of brings bring some like life back into that because that's an yeah. RPG that is very colorful. Yeah. Um, and you don't have that too many times in Western RPGs these time, this time around. So I, I just like that. I have a feeling that's what we're going to get when it comes to fable is a colorful, vibrant RPG that just has a life of its own that just will make you laugh, but also make you like shit. This boss <laughs> is killing me type thing. Yeah. And the the problem with the original Fable series was Peter Molyneux. He was just he overpromised everything and under under delivered everything. And thankfully, Peter Molyneux is long gone by now. Uh, he's the former head of Lionhead Studios, uh, but he he consistently promised things that just didn't come to fruition. And you could see that with the Connect demo on 360 with Milo and Kate where he said that Milo and Kate was going to be like this AI that was like intelligently talking to you. And that never even came to fruition. That wasn't even close to coming to fruition. <laughs> so uh, things like that. And, and the other problem with the original trilogy was uh, I think their time jump. Uh, I think it was fable two or th three. Five, it was two that had the 500 years time jump. Yeah. And that was a problem because it, it, it just destroyed the, what was magical about the original game that, that, that setting and uh they did that time jump into a more steampunk-esque uh world and it wasn't as you know who was the enemy charming. from the first one jack of spades i think that's what his name was yeah sounds familiar it's been a yeah. long time since i played it but uh very excited for that so i thought that was a great way to end the show uh anything else guys that you want to talk about of the showcase um doesn't matter I uh, just will play The Ascent on day one of Xbox Series X launch. There you go. And, <laughs> and, and Roro's going to play Halo Infinite on PC, right, Roro? Absolutely. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Woo! All right, I got one of you on board now. Sean just got to get on board. <laughs> hey, I'll still have it with Game Pass, but I want to play The Ascent. Right. I said that from that launch, that trailer. I want that game. All right. You can play The Ascent and then play Halo Infinite. Thank you to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Music. Thank you, Roro. Thank you, Sean. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. Deuces. See ya.